Combo Nation, what up? What up? What up, everyone? Welcome to episode 312 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button wherever you listen to the show. If you're listening on the Apple Podcast app, leave a five-star rating, a friendly comment, and punch down on that follow button. Today's show, Ashley, Nicole Moss, who's a host at Sports Illustrated, and the Certified Buckets Podcast joins in to talk Knicks, basketball, and more. You can find Ashley on Instagram and Twitter at Ash Nicole Moss. That's A-S-H-N-I-C-O-L-E-M-O-S-S. You know you can find me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Catch me on Twitter at Combos Court. Same name as the pod, C-O-M-B-O-S-C-O-U-R-T. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Nicole Moss, on-air host at Sports Illustrated and one-third of the Certified Buckets podcast. Welcome to Combo's Court. How are you feeling today? I'm good. I'm feeling good. Thank you for having me this morning. Most definitely. Most definitely. We're here early. Good win by the Knicks yesterday versus the Sixers. But let's take it all the way back. Where does your Knicks fandom begin? I was born and raised in New York, um, but there are a lot of New Yorkers who are not Knicks fans, believe it or not. Yeah, me too. I'm one of them. Wow, that's well because I'm, I'm I'm a fan of no team, so I stay unbiased. That's my thing, you know. Okay, at least it's at least you're unbiased. You're not like yeah. a Lakers fan or something. No, like no, that. no, no, fan of no team, fan of no team. But my dad is a diehard Knicks fan. Okay, um, so I didn't really have much of a choice growing up. He was like, as a baby, if there's pictures of me sitting on his lap, a giant Knicks snapback hat on, vintage that was way too big for my head. So collected <laughs> for me. I didn't have a choice. So here I am. Yeah, there you go. Okay, this has been one of the most highly anticipated Knicks seasons. What was your expectations going into it? You know, just to continue the trajectory of last season, right? Like, I think anybody as a fan, you you have over expectations, but then also you have to have realistic expectations. And as much as it would just be incredible if the Knicks won a championship this year, we got to be realistic. That's not going to happen. You know, there are teams that are just, better constructed that are, um, you know, have more superstar talent, things like that, that are more conducive for winning a championship right now. But I think that you want to go ahead and see the Knicks recreate the magic of last season. You want to see them prove that it wasn't a fluke, that it wasn't a byproduct of an injury ridden season an injury ridden um, Eastern conference. You want to show people that this is a true playoff contending team and they will be for many, many seasons to come. So that's really my, goal you know you won 41 games last season I'm looking for a 47 48 win season and you want to kind of build like that you don't want to just jump for the mood although we do like I said I'll be there on 7th Avenue in full mixed gear ready to celebrate (laughs) most definitely great win yesterday it seems like the Knicks are shooting more threes Um, a lot of the players are shooting it well you know some are struggling but do you think that's a key for the Knicks this season 
Yeah, I think obviously with the additions of Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier, you know, you're able to spread the floor more and you're able to have more shooters on that floor. You know, the responsibility doesn't rely solely or fall solely on Julius Randle's shoulders anymore, which is what you wanted last season. I think you saw, especially after that all-star break, he was gassed, you know, and that you can expect that you're playing him 44 minutes a game, sometimes more if there's, you know, games go longer and things like that. He's scoring ridiculous amount of points. He's doing a lot of work, but also with that, you know, it's probability, you know, math wasn't my strongest subject in school, but I do know <laughs> it's more probable that you mess up with something, the more you have to do it. And the more you ask of him in terms of shooting and more times you ask of him in, or in terms of other things, the higher the probability is, is he makes mistakes. So now that you have a supporting cast, you can divvy it up that work a little bit and make it so, yeah, he's still the captain of the ship, but now he doesn't have to do all the work. And some nights he, he'll have the best stat line. And some nights like last night, you'll see more continuity basketball where it's more evenly dispersed and you can still win that way too. It's about winning from multiple directions and not just one guy. Most definitely. I would say this, when I first saw Kemba in the Knicks Jersey, I don't think anything made more sense. Yeah. I don't think anything more made more sense for him either. I mean, he's, he's so giddy to be home. Um, anytime he talks, anytime he, you know, talks about the Knicks, anytime he talks about this new journey for him in his NBA career, he is so happy He's just, you know, smiling from ear to ear. And I think, you know, when a player's happy in their environment, um, it shows, you know, in their performance. You know, you look at Derrick Rose, for example, he got new life in New York after yeah. leaving Detroit. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that when you're at peace in your space, in your surroundings, and this is not just for athletes, this is for anybody. I think when you're at peace in your surroundings and in your space and where you are in your life, everything else kind of falls into place too. And and I think the same can be said for athletes and you can see it. It's night and day transitions a lot of the time. Yeah. You mentioned Rose peace at his face. And also he has Taj and Dibs there. So, you know, that makes things even more peaceful for him. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the veteran leadership that we have on the Knicks. Um, I think it's, it's a nice mixture of vets and it's a nice mixture of really, really young guys. And it's a nice mixture of guys who are young, but they they've gone through the trenches, you know, it's, it's a rare group of guys on the Knicks. Usually you have, you know, one side or the other, it's it's lopsided. This is a very kind of eclectic, but evenly mixed group. And I think that it showcases and it will definitely showcase when the team faces, you know, trials and tribulations and things like that. Cause you have the guys kind of bring the young guys back to reality. You have the young guys who can kind of make the older guys, the vets be like, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go. We're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it. And they try to keep up with their energy. And then you have the guys in the middle who, you know, have some of a veteran mindset, but they still have the young body and the, the young legs to, to go ahead and sustain a long 82 game season that we finally have finally. And um, I love it. I think it's a really good, a really good mix of guys. Most definitely. You mentioned the young guys. Um, I thought it was great for Emmanuel and Obi to play in summer league. I thought they looked great in summer league. Staying on Obi, do you like the lineups when it's him and Julius? Because part of the reason he wasn't getting some minutes last year is because maybe some thought or even Thibs thought that maybe they couldn't play together. Now I think he's trying that out more. Do you like what you see from those lineups with Julius and Obi in them? I do. I think Tibbs also is seeing a different Obi. And this is something that I spoke to last season. You know, a lot of people were ready to write Obi off because he didn't have the best rookie season. You can't write a, you can't write a rookie off after one year or yeah. half a year. You can't I mean, look, there are some rookies who come into the game and they cross up Michael Jordan like Allen Iverson, like Allen Iverson did, you know, and, and there are some rookies who come into the game, and you're like, holy crap, how is he a rookie? This doesn't make any sense. There are some rookies who take a little bit longer to develop, but also, you know, 
um, Obi Toppin didn't have a traditional rookie year or off season. You know, there was yeah. no school league because of the pandemic. You know, off season in terms of training camp, even that was weird because guys couldn't really be. There was no vaccine at that point that was being you know issued to these guys and things like that. So it, it made it, or some guys were just starting to get the vaccine. So it made it, it made it a very weird off season for right. him. You know what I mean? And that's you know an unfair. Um, that's a disadvantage to have for a rookie because as you can see when you have a summer league when you have a true training camp when you have a true preseason, it's a difference maker for a lot of guys and also for coaches they can see okay this is what you need to work on this is what you don't need to work on and yeah you can gauge that in a scrimmage with your teammates but it's not the same as when you go ahead and you see it in real time in a real nba game scenario and obi's flourishing in the moment now that he had that Knicks fans are reactionary. All fans are reactionary, uh, especially this early to season. I mean, it's such a small sample size, but, you know, fans go crazy after every game. RJ has had some struggles. He shot better yesterday. Are you concerned about his struggles? Not at all. I mean, RJ is one of those guys, and I think people forget he's so young. RJ just turned 21. And yeah. I know that seems like asinine because you feel like he's been part of the Knicks forever, and he should be like 25 at this point. He's just turned 21 years old, and he's not even in his grown man body yet. He's still going through like puberty and things like that. So, no, not puberty that late. Come oh, on, Ashley. Jason Tate grew. Okay. Puberty, puberty is like 13, 14, Ashley. No, come on. <laughs> He's still growing. He's still going into gotcha. his man body. He doesn't even hold weight the same as somebody who's 25. I mean, you think about yeah, that's true. That's true. And you yeah. look at yourself older, you're like, who is this scrawny kid? Your body doesn't even like hold weight the same. So that's true. I'm not really worried about RJ. I would say RJ, you know, has showcased that each year he gets better and some capacity he gets better. And that's what you want to see. You want to see someone who makes strides each season. You don't want to see someone who stays the same. You don't want to see someone who hits a plateau too easily or too soon. And one thing I really love about RJ, if you watch him in games, he has this mindset that is so beyond his years that he can easily figure out today is not my day when it comes to scoring, but I can be an incredible defender and help you guys win that way. I'm not really, my defensive game is not working today, but I'm on fire shooting. I'm going to go ahead and shoot the lights. You know what I mean? He figures out where he is that night that he can still help, even though he's being, he has a deficit in a different area. And that's, you know, so beyond a 21 year old. Yeah. With the off season move, with the roster moves, obviously the Knicks have more talent on the offensive side of the basketball. Do you think they took a step back defensively and what are the keys for them defensively this season? I don't think they take a step back at all. I think, you know, Mitchell Robinson is, is a game changer. Yep. Um, Mitchell, you know, he played about 30 something games last season. Then he sustained an injury. I'm a firm believer that that's a lot of the reason why the Knicks didn't win that Hawks series. Um, you know, you didn't have anybody in the paint making it difficult for Trey Young. You didn't have anybody on those boards getting you those offensive rebounds for those second, third chance opportunities. Again, that responsibility relied heavily on Julius Randle, you know, had Nerland's Noel and things like that. But Mitch is, brings a different type of intensity to that defense. I mean, if you've watched him these past few games, I mean, he lives down there. You know, he's willing to sacrifice his body to get those offensive rebounds. He's not afraid to, you know, get his hands dirty and things like that. I think Taj is also, you know, he plays real New York type basketball. He's a New Yorker. You know, people, he's one of those guys that people don't realize he's a New Yorker. Like everybody knows Kemba's a New 
a New Yorker. Yeah. Like we all knew Ron Artest was a New Yorker. Lamar Odom, but Taj is a New Yorker, you know? No, listen, if you ever talk to Taj Gibson or you hear Taj, <laughs> no, he's from Brooklyn, okay? Maybe if you're not from New York, you don't know he's from Brooklyn. But if you're from New York, you know that is a Brooklyn dude. So he plays that real gritty New York basketball. But again, Taj isn't a spring chicken. He can't go ahead and do the things that Mitch does. So Mitch being healthy this season is going to be a huge difference maker for the Knicks for sure. Most definitely. Okay. Um, I heard you say that you don't believe Zach Levine is a superstar, but you have to admit last season he put up superstar level numbers, right? I think Zach Levine has all the potential in the world. And I think all players have the potential. Most players have the potential to become superstars. You know, that's, that's not me being a hater. I think that a four and start against teams that, you know, let's, call it what they are, the Pistons and some other teams that they play. They're not, you know, game circle or anyone's calendar. Like, yo, this is going to be a tough one. They're not, you know, the biggest and baddest, scariest teams in the league. So for me, I need to see more from the Chicago Bulls to really buy into, oh, this is a new Bulls team and we're going to take them <laughs> away. And also Zach Levine. I know people want to go ahead and say, well, we're there for no. Zach Levine's about to be a superstar. Zach Levine was on the team last year and he didn't go for and out. Like, I'm not saying he can't be. He was putting up great numbers. I'm just saying in terms of superstar, you got to think about the guys you think of when you put them in that conversation. You think of Kevin Durant. You think of LeBron James. You think of Giannis. Yeah. You know what I mean? You think of the top of the line, just upper echelon of the league. And to put Zach Levine in that conversation, I got to see a lot more from him to kind of put him in that same boat. Yeah, it's, it just depends on how you think of the word superstar, because some would think about it as if, like, if somebody that doesn't really know basketball knows who they are. So if you look at it from that perspective. That's right. That's, I'll give him that. I'll give him notoriety. Absolutely. Yeah. But superstar, now there are different. Now, if we're going to go ahead and then go into superstar and look at it more, you know, intimately and say, okay, well, there's tiers of superstars that I could give you. I can give him a tier of a superstar, but I think a superstar is a superstar. And I think there's only a handful of those. And I think that you have to be, you know, top of the line to get into that conversation. And that's kind of just what it is. You know, who's been hooping though? Who? The ball brothers, both of them. That is true. LeVar yeah. is somewhere grinning very, very happily. Yeah, he's yeah. I, got one more, Leangelo. And then, he'll be in the league. I think he'll be – like, if you believe he's an NBA player or not, I think he's going to be in the league, like, either way. It's just bound to happen. Yeah, I mean, listen, you can say what you want about LeVar, and people do, about his antics and, and all the things, you know, that come out of his mouth and the things that he does, but he raised three really successful young men, and to have two of them be in the league and one in the G League, that's an accomplishment. And a lot of parents and, and families yeah. don't even get one son into the National Basketball Association to get two lottery picks, two lottery picks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you you can't deny that he he did well when it comes to those guys for sure. Most definitely great work ethic. Can you speak to Julius Randle's work ethic? Julius has an incredible work ethic. I mean, for somebody look, New York's a very difficult place to play. It's extremely difficult. The fans are very unforgiving. They're outspoken. Um, New Yorkers in general are not people who hold their tongue. Um, we can be very cynical. We can be very rugged. We can be very aggressive. Blunt. And blunt to the point. Yes. 
I've seen, you know, Knicks fans boo their own. I've seen Knicks fans cheer their own all in the same game. Like it's, it's that level of just passion. So Julius did not have a good introduction with the Knicks. You know, it was not what Knicks fans were expecting when um, the Knicks acquired him. And a lot of people would take that and not be able to bounce back from it. It would constantly be in their head. Julius worked harder. And he said, I'm going to go ahead and use next season, which was last season, to go ahead and reintroduce myself to this Knicks fan base and show them why I belong here. And he did that. And he comes from the school of Kobe Bryant. I mean, we forget. Yeah, he they played, played together. Yep. They played together in LA. And when you're around that level of greatness, um, you it's hard to not absorb any of that. It's hard to not obtain that same work ethic. You know, he tells a story all the time about, um, I think they were in Dallas and he, Kobe said to him, you know, where are you headed? And, you know, Julius is from Dallas. So he was like, oh, I'm going to go kick it with some friends and family. You know, we're here. We got the night off or whatever. I'm just, you know, spend some time with them before the game. And Kobe said, no, you're not. We're going to the gym. We're getting some shots up. And it's that kind of a mentality that you take with you and you apply it to your career. And he just, he does just that. Yeah, if you want to be great at anything, it takes a lot of sacrifice. Sometimes you're not going to be able to hang with the family and friends. Sometimes you're not going to be able to do the things you want. I mean, you know that in your own career. Sometimes you got to make some sacrifices to get where you got to go. For sure. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of times you want to like, you know, you know, when you work in sports and you work in media, holidays and weekends don't really exist to you. you 24-7. Yeah, Yeah. like if the story breaks, it breaks. You know, there are times that, you know, I've done SNY and my friends are like, oh, we're going out. I'm like, can't gotta go on live tv at 11 after this next game they're like it's excuse me they're like it's saturday i'm like i'm aware thanks guys <laughs> like it's yeah just, when you love something you sacrifice for it. and that's that's the god's honest truth for real and the thing is like even if you do do that a tv hit or whatever it was at 11 you can't go out after because then you'll get no sleep and then you have to wake up the next morning and it'll just be a snowball effect it's and you def- can't go before because then you're cutting it real close to the time yeah well especially you know new york traffic however it is either if you're driving or taking public transportation you're probably not going to get to places in time (laughs) listen you are running the risk you're playing gamble if you want to i'm not a gambler so i won't do that (laughs) most definitely all right last thing before we get out here obviously last season knicks had a great regular season what do you think they could learn from their playoff experience last year I mean, a few things, I mean, regarding Julius, not to get in your own head, you know, he's himself said, I complicated that series more than it had to be complicated. Um, So that's one. I think, you know, also use the environment of being home in your advantage. I think a lot of the times people get enamored with the lights and things like that and the noises. Remember, those guys are there for you. You're not, those are supposed to be the easy games because, you know, they're cheering for you, not against you. That's not like going on the road. Um, I think also Tibbs can learn some things as well as his rotations have to get a little bit smarter. Um, he can't allow himself mm-hmm. to get out coach. Sometimes, you know, you go into a, a game with a certain game plan as a coach and you say, okay, this is the rotation. This is the A team. This is the B team. And you, you want to stick to that, but you can't predict the outcome of a game. And the game's like a roller coaster. It's up and it's down. It's up and it's down. And you need to go ahead and adjust your rotations and your lineups to fit the course of the game and not what the course of the game looked like in your head, right? I think that um, you got to get better with shot selection and we're starting to see that those habits are forming. If it's not there, this is something that I'm a firm believer in. If it's not there, don't force it. What's your plan B? Can you drive in the paint? 
Can you force a foul? Maybe you have someone wide open. Julius, if you're double team, that means what? Somebody's wide open. Find your open man. Let yeah. them take the shot. Don't have the hero ball mentality where it's like, if I don't do it, nobody can do it. And, and I that think, makes life easier for everybody. Absolutely. And I think that Julius, even if you looked at last game, last night's game um, against the 76ers, you can see that is that he's starting to try to get out of that habit of, and you could, you could understand why he's in that habit last year. If he didn't take the shot, most of the time, the shot wasn't getting, you know, it wasn't yeah. getting made or attempted. Right. So he has to realize he got a lot more help. Julius, he got Evan, he got Kemba. D Rose is over there. He's always reliable. You have Obi now coming into his own. You don't have to do all the work. And sometimes the best thing you can do as the leader of a team is pass the ball. Just yeah. You don't have to shoot it. Yeah. Or, you know, set a screen for Kemba, get him going downhill and uh, everything gets easier for everybody, you know? Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Nicole, great stuff. We can find you on Sports Illustrated. We can find you on the Certified Buckets podcast. Anywhere else? Anywhere else? Am I missing um, something? I'll be on SNY all New York basketball season covering Knicks and Nets post games on the weekend. So, yeah. Social media, where can we find you? You guys can follow me at Ash Nicole Moss on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks so much for taking the time. You're always welcome back on the show and talk soon. Bye. Thank you. Later. Big thanks to Ashley for joining in. We appreciate you. Big thanks to Combo Nation for tuning in. We appreciate you. Combo Nation, share this episode with a friend. Actually, you know what? Stop what you're doing. Stop what you're doing. Take this episode. Share it on social media. Tag me on Twitter at Combo's Court. C-O-M-B-O-S-C-O-U-R-T. Take a screenshot of this episode. Tag me on Instagram, on your IG stories at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. I need everyone to share it. Share this episode. Would greatly appreciate it. If you're listening on the Apple Podcast app, leave a five-star rating and a friendly comment. Be on the lookout for episode 213-Combo. Out.